make sure he didn't get back up. But then I felt something wrong with my foot. It was like I'd been kicked and my foot had gone to sleep. I looked at the rags wrapped around my right foot. They'd been torn open and blood was running out. His pistol shot had hit my foot. The strangest thing was I didn't feel anything but a twitch down there. There was so much mud and dirt on the rags it was hard to see anything. I took a step and my foot felt cold. Just then, I saw Colonel John Howard of the Maryland Regulars riding through the field. As he got closer, the Highlanders fired at him. They still stood in a line and hadn't surrendered. Their bayonets stuck out in front of them and their tartan caps were bright in the early sun. Will you surrender, Colonel Howard hollered to the Highlanders. Will nay surrender to rebels, the Highlander officer hollered back. Then give them one more fire, Colonel Andrew Pickens yelled to the South Carolina volunteers. Several fired into the Highlander ranks, and a half-dozen men fell. Colonel Washington and the South Carolina cavalry were all over the field. They rode down any redcoat that still carried his musket or sword. They carried sabers long as muskets, and some held lances, and some wore pistols on their belts. They had gold patches on their shoulders, and they rode easy, like they lived on their horses. Some had sheepskin capes thrown over their shoulders. No foot soldiers could stand up to dragoons. I didn't see Colonel Bannister Tarleton and his dragoons anymore. There was so much smoke you couldn't see far anyway. A British officer took hold of Colonel Howard's stirrup and ran alongside as the colonel tried to ride away. We'll give you quarter, Colonel Howard said. But the redcoat wouldn't let go of the stirrup. I reckon the officer wasn't at himself in all the panic and suddenness of what had happened. The colonel looked around and saw me a few yards away. Young man, he hollered at me, take this man prisoner and see he's not harmed. My rifle was not loaded, and I had no way to guard the officer. But I couldn't disobey Colonel Howard. I took a step in his direction and suddenly pain, like a scalding hot needle, drove into the bones of my foot. Pain washed through me in a hundred bolts of lightning. I knew I was falling in the broom set, but couldn't stop myself. I don't even remember hitting the ground, but I do recall the smell of cow manure in the broom sedge. I reckon the cow pens were just covered with cow piles and we'd been too busy that morning to notice them. Last thing I remember was the smell of broom sedge and frost down under the stink of smoke and blood. It was like I was sinking and there was nothing to hold me up, and the cow piles were turning gold. But while I was drifting under the field, I could hear what was going on above. Surely I was told about it later. But I seemed to remember like I'd seen it myself, the horses galloping over where I lay, chasing each other in the field, and Colonel Washington riding way down the Green River Road chasing some dragoons. He rode so hard he got ahead of his other men. They said later that Colonel Tarleton saw Colonel Washington coming after him all by himself, and Tarleton and two lieutenants turn and face the American. There's the blackguard by himself, and I will kill him, Tarleton spat out. They cut Washington off at the far end of the field from where the British were fleeing and surrendering. Colonel Washington saw what trouble he was in and raised his saber as Tarleton lunged forward. But Washington's blade broke across Tarleton's sword, and he had nothing to defend himself with but the stump. 
It looked as if Colonel Washington was going to be hacked to pieces, and he started backing away. Talton and the two other men came after him. But just then, Washington's black bugle boy rode up and fired his pistol at the attackers. Talton drew his two pistols and shot Washington's horse. The rest of Washington's bunch arrived then, and Talton and the other English turned their horses and galloped away. You blackguard traitors, Talton called over his shoulder. They say Washington's horse stumbled backward. A horse makes an awful whinny when it's in pain. It backed away a few steps and fell. The Green River Road stretched south like a red string across the woods and through the pine thicket. I was told how Tarleton rode down as hard as he could make his horse go, with whip and spurs. Colonel Washington had taken another man's horse and rode after Tarleton like he was in a race to the finish. All along the road there were dozens of baggage wagons and little groups of slaves watching over the supplies. A cluster of slaves stood around a fire on the side of the road warming their hands. It was a cold morning, and they were trying to keep warm after traveling most of the night behind Tarleton's army. They were cooking potatoes in the coals. Talton and his men galloped past them on the long road going south. It was like I was deep under the cowpens and heard the Tories all around asking for quarter. Sergeant Harold Gudger of my North Carolina company kicked one in the face where he lay on the ground with his hands up. Sergeant Gudger kicked him in the side of the head and in the face and then kicked him again. Let's hear the British halloo, Gudger said. With his mouth full of blood, the Highlander spat on Gudger's boot and the sergeant kicked him again. And then a shot rang out behind the sergeant and he fell down. I think it was my friend T.R. Heatherly that had fired at Gudger. T.R. had finally gotten his chance. Nearly everybody in a British uniform on the field who wasn't dead or wounded had given up. The little group of Highlanders over to the right were still reloading and firing at the militia. But the field was in such confusion, I guess it wasn't easy to pick a target. The bagpipes kept playing, and the men in tartan caps fired again. Kill the Scottish polecats, somebody said. Colonel Pickens ordered a group of men to march with him toward the Highlanders. When they got close enough, he yelled to the Major to surrender. We'll nay be slaughtered like cattle, the Major of the Highlanders shouted. We'll give you good quarter, Pickens said. The pipes kept playing their tune. It was strange, like everything else that day. The sound of the music made it hard to hear what was being said. A patriot stabbed the bag of the pipe with a hunting knife, and the music ended in a sour wheeze. The Highlanders dropped their muskets and raised their hands. The cannon on the left had not been surrendered. The artillerymen were trying to reload again. In their blue and red coats they worked furiously, ramming in a charge. They worked as the soldiers around them fled or gave up. The man with the burning match stood ready to light the vent, but I don't think they knew where to aim the three-pounder. Prisoners were so mixed up with Continentals and volunteers they couldn't fire in any direction without hitting redcoats. Halt, one of Washington's cavalry called to the crew of the cannon. They wheeled the grasshopper around at him and the fuse man touched the powder vent. But I reckon the barrel was set too high, for after the cannon jumped back and smoke punched out of the mouth, the shot whined across the field, but the horsemen kept riding toward him. The artillerymen started reloading again, just like they were behind their own lines. From where I lay, I heard the cavalrymen yell, Halt! again. 
The fuse man reached his burning linstock toward the vent of the cannon, and the cavalryman shot him. Other volunteers had seen what was happening, and they shot the artillerymen one by one as they tried to fire the cannon. The last artilleryman pulled out his sword and thrust at a volunteer, and the patriot shot him in the face. From where I lay under the field, I could see it all. It felt like I was rising under the battlefield toward the surface of the ground. I was floating to the surface. As I rose higher, the voices got louder. I rose past layers of rock and veins of water, past roots and bands of clay and old bones, past groundhog dens and nests and rocks where hundreds of rattlesnakes were sleeping through the winter all tangled together. When I broke through the top to daylight, it was like a gun was fired in my face. The air was so bright I could hardly open my eyes. And when I did look around, my eyes hurt as if they were scalded. The sun flared the clouds like a torch a few inches away. I looked way up in the air where crows were circling and there was just a break in the clouds. I looked so deep into the sky it was as if I was falling away from it forever. The air was damp and cold, and there was nothing beyond the crows but blinding clouds. There was nothing out there to hold on to. I was scared and I looked over at the light above Thickety Mountain and the light drove me back against the ground. A man bent over me and said, Let me look at your wound, laddie. I'm a doctor. He wore a tartan cap and epaulets on his jacket. He was a Highlander officer. Men lay all over the field, and prisoners were gathered in bunches huddled in the broom sedge. Flags lay in the weeds.